And now, from somewhere in the Houston Midtown area, it's The Sit Down with Slick Vic. Welcome everyone, it's The Sit Down with me, Slick Vic. Thanks for tuning in everyone. Today I'm joined with an old friend, my buddy Richard Kemp. Richard, thanks for coming on the show. Cool man, thanks Vic. So how have you been, Richard? You uh, for you know for the people out there, um, Richard works in the service industry. He is currently at B and B Butchers, correct, Richard? Yeah, man, I've been there uh, a little over two and a half years now. Uh, it's been pretty good, you know, slinging steaks and wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a life! What a life! Um, talk a little bit about how how you got to to that establishment. Before that. Um, you were at Smith and Walensky's, correct? Yeah, uh, Smith and Walensky's another steakhouse. Um, I actually started there uh, at their Las Vegas location uh, back in, I think that was like 2010, somewhere around there. 2010? How old were you at the time? Uh, let's see, I was 26. 26. Was that your first uh, job in the industry? In the fine dine steakhouse, but I've been in the industry since I was 15, probably. Yeah, 16. And uh, I, I recall you told me before once, I mean, that's you've pretty much been in the industry since then, correct? Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, what, were, what were you doing when you were 15, 16? What was the first, what was the job that got you in? Uh, TGI Fridays, shout out. I was a busser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um I remember when uh, the first uh, uh, service job I ever got was at was at Cheddar's over there off of West Park. Shout out to Cheddar's, um, <laughs> and uh, my buddy, my buddy Diesel, uh, he was working there at the time, and he was like, "Hey man, just just go in there and, and apply, and uh, mention me, and, and and you'll be fine." But I just remember when I was looking at the experience, I was like, well, I don't have any experience, so I'm just going to make something up. And uh, I just said I worked at my uncle's restaurant. He did have a restaurant. I just never worked there. Right, right. And that worked. It got me in the door. That's it. <laughs> but uh, I never, you know, I always thought about how hard the buses work, man. The buses bust their fucking ass off, though. Yeah, we did a lot of dicking around, too. I mean... <laughs> Any leftover food, we were eating it. Anytime we had a little five, ten minute break, we are probably taking it. I mean, we were fucking 16 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the, the restaurant life is a, is an interesting one uh, at best. So, we're, we're, uh, Richard, you grew up in New Mexico, right? Yeah, yeah. 505, baby. <laughs> yeah, Albuquerque, Burke. What was it like growing up in New Mexico? Man, it was cool. Um... Uh, Smaller town, of course, compared to Houston. Great culture, great food. Uh, yeah, I love New Mexico, man. Does it? I mean, I'm I'm assuming I've never been there, but I know Houston has a lot of uh, Latinos. Same with you, uh, Albuquerque, a lot of Latinos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, probably a little different though. Uh, kind of Houston has a lot of different Latinos from all over you know the world, compared to maybe New Mexico is basically just Mexican and New Mexicans. Uh, so you're not going to get uh, too much diversity there in that aspect. That's cool. Um, you were you uh, you know you and I met working at a Federal Grill. Shout out to Matt Bryce. Um, and I, I recall we used to talk a lot about sports. 
Yep. Um, yep. What uh, what sports were you into early on? Man, I did everything actually growing up. I mean, I think probably my first sport might have been probably like t-ball, you know. And then right after that, I got into uh, taekwondo and started getting into uh, martial arts. But, uh, I mean, it was everything. It was football, youth football. It was track and field. And then high school wrestling, you know, and kept with the wrestling and football. And Yeah, so, I mean, anything I get my hands on, I was doing. What would you say you liked best? Man, I love football. I love strapping the pads on. What position did you play? Uh, a lot of defense. So it was either cornerback, uh, safety, outside linebacker. I kind of moved around a lot because I was that in-between guy. I loved to hit, but I was a little bit smaller, so they just kind of float me around. Yeah, that's good when you're uh, doing the hitting and not getting hit, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to be that hammer. Yeah, it definitely usually works out better for you. Yep, yep. So... You, you get into the service industry um, as a busboy, eventually moving up to server. Um, where where did you make your server debut? What what place were you at when you did that? Man, I got to think about that. I don't know, to tell you the truth. It might have been, um, been this place called Elephant Bar, which is like a California-based restaurant, very similar to Cheesecake Factory, if you've ever been to Cheesecake Factory. I worked Cheesecake there, Factory. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge menu. A lot, of, a lot of everything on there. But I think it was Elephant Bar. And I was, you know, 19, somewhere around there. I worked um, at a lot of places in Albuquerque. I mean, I worked at probably 15 different restaurants at one point. It was like every six months to a year, I was just popping out to a new restaurant because it was just a, just a restaurant job to me, you know? Right, so you were doing the merry-go-round of restaurants in oh, yeah. Albuquerque. So eventually, like you mentioned earlier, you ended up in Las Vegas, the city where dreams are made and broken. <laughs> <laughs> Man, and I've seen a lot more broken than made, I tell you that much. <laughs> so what, what brought you to Vegas? Um, well, actually, I mean, short story, my sister married into the uh, military, and... Uh, She's my only sibling. We were pretty close. And when she had a kid and they moved out there to Vegas, I didn't have any more family in Albuquerque at the time. So I was like, well, shit, let's go to Vegas. And so I moved out there. And uh, it was a lot tougher and bigger than I first thought it was going to be. Absolutely. It was uh, Vegas is another monster. We'll just put it that way. Um, I know you and I like to entertain uh wagers when it came to the sports games yep, um, yep. when I first met you you know I always just saw it as a way to pass the time we're at work we're we're making money working right but at the same time let's make the let's make work interesting let's make the game interesting so we did a little side wager sometimes now in Vegas I can only imagine the temptation um were you intrigued by by <laughs> by that it's just easy, man. I remember the first time on how common it was. I'd be at work and guys just talking about the bets they just placed and show me their tickets. And it was an everyday thing. And so I caught on real quick because I love sports. And uh, you would, right down the street, working from MGM, you know, working at Smith & Walensky, I'd go make a bet before I went to work. Or I'd be at work and it'd be dead. I'm like, I'm going to go make a bet real quick on tonight's uh, basketball game. So, yeah. We did a lot of sports betting out there. Smith and Walensky. So that's a, that's a place that I know you were affiliated with for a long time. 
um how, how did that I, I think you told me you started started as a bus boy there how did that that all begin you just apply there one day well i mean another crazy story i guess um one of my buddies moved out to houston um when he was 16 me and him grew up grew up with each other in albuquerque for that you know since like first grade we knew each other and he moved out to houston he got a job at smith Olinsky and uh they had a location in Vegas. He knew I was having a hard time, you know, trying to find a job. And so he put a word in for me and they finally gave me an opportunity for an interview. They only offered me a buster position, but I was like, fuck it. I couldn't find a job. So I just jumped in and it was like a probationary thing. So I was a buster for a little while. Then I had to become a food runner. Took forever to finally become a server. It was like a year and a half later and they finally gave me an opportunity, but it was good. You but know, it was a it was a very busy establishment, right? Oh yeah, we were right on the strip, man. I mean, you get all walks of life coming in from conventions, big whales to tourists, you know, you name it, all kinds of people coming in. And uh, so you were there, and then you, you like you said, over a little over a year until you became a server. Um, how long did you work there? Well, at the Vegas location, I was there for three years, and then I transferred over because uh, once again, I didn't have any more family in Vegas, and I. Man, you do three, four years in Vegas, and that's it. You're like, all right, next. Well, at least I was. Yeah, and no. So uh, since my buddy lived out here in Houston that I've known for so long, he's like, come out here. I said, cool. I gave Houston a shot. So you know, I've been here for six, seven years now. Yeah, man. Um, so you, what, what was uh, you have? You see anything crazy going on in, in the you know where you were working there at Smithowski's? I mean, it's Vegas, like uh, yeah, man. You see all kinds of crazy shit for sure. I mean, we had this one thing called um, the kitchen table, right? And so basically, it was just a room with one table with like eight chairs, so you can like rent it out. That way, you can kind of sit in the kitchen area with glass walls around. You can see all the kitchen stuff going on. Well, a couple of times there's escorts in there with, you know, high profile dudes and they're doing blow off each other and oh, crazy. Goodness. And, you know, we're letting it roll because whatever, they're, they're paying 10, 15 grand for maybe a bottle of wine and whatever badass steak or something like that. You know, so, hey, you know, a little blow off a hooker's titty. That's cool. Whatever. It's Vegas. Yeah, man. Vegas just has that reputation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> bachelor parties with dudes showing up with freaking no shoes no shirts because all these daytime beach parties going on all the time in vegas so you see a lot of daytime drinking with ba- they can't show up to their own party it's wow oh yeah vegas <laughs> <laughs> okay so then you decide to come to houston because uh you said your buddy, your buddy was down here. Yeah, and just said, fuck it. I mean, I'm, you know, single dude. I was down to kind of travel around at the time. I'd never even, you know, been out here to Houston. And so I said, screw it. Let's come out to Houston. Transferred and, out to the smith Walensky here. And uh, how did how did you like Houston, man? I mean, you haven't left, so I'm assuming things... <laughs> things man, have, it's a 180 from Vegas, though, I'll tell you the truth. I mean, definitely from size and, like, weather and stuff like that. It's like a 180. And the people, too. Vegas people are real strange. They're kind of like California people. No offense, but you are. You're weird. <laughs> um, Houston people, a lot more uh, down to earth. When they say that Southern hospitality, they weren't lying. People here are real nice for sure. All right. That's cool. And um, I met my wife here. So that's crazy. Yeah. You met your wife here. Um, you recently had a, a little baby baby girl, right? Yeah, man. A little baby girl. Shout out to Emma. So, yeah, man. This has been uh, pretty crazy. I, um so, I met you at Federal Girl, like I said earlier. At the time, though, you were still at Smith & Walensky's, right? Yeah, yeah, I was working two jobs. And uh, 
Unfortunately, uh, Smith and Walensky's at that location uh, closed down. But um, you rebounded pretty well. Yeah, man. I mean, luckily, I made some good uh, networking connections while I was working at Smith and Walensky and and, uh, kind of found out they were going under before they went under and made a jump ship real quick over to B&B Butchers. Um, They've been absolutely amazing for me so far. It's been a real smooth transition. Um, But it was was nice because I had some of the people working already at B&B Butchers that were at Smith and Walensky beforehand. So... It was good. Yeah, man. Let's talk a little bit about uh, B&B Butchers. I actually worked for the Annie, which was uh, like, I guess, like a, a sister company, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I call it that. A, a B&B Butchers. Um, and so I, I really like uh, the people they brought over. You know, there were some people that were uh, former employees of B&B Butchers. Um, I, thought, I thought their management staff was A1. You know, um, the way they do things, you know, especially someone like you. Was um, Martin over there? Martin was over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, Craig. Yeah. yeah, he runs it right. Oh, yeah, and Craig's yeah. a good guy, too. Absolutely. Um, shout out to Martin. Shout out to Craig. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, uh, it was it was a, a great establishment to work for. Um, I really enjoyed my time there, especially seeing it really come. come it wasn't from the ground up, right, because that establishment existed before. But it was like a, a complete makeover. Yeah, it was a it was a new it was a new thing. It was a complete uh, a reincarnation. Yeah, a rising. It was like the phoenix man with the <laughs> flames. You know, they had they had to do a real reinventation of themselves. It was good though. Yeah, no, I really I really enjoyed it. Um, the time that I was there, they actually reached out to me recently. Um, I told them that you know right now I'm currently working for the government. I'll just leave it at that, folks. The man. <laughs> And uh, I have a, a job in IT lined up. So, but I, I told him if anything changes, you know, I'll keep them in mind. You know, I really enjoyed my time there. Um, so you 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 leave Smith and Walensky's before the you know the ship sinks. Go to B and B Butchers. And how long have you been there now? Uh, like a little over two and a, well, about two and a half years. Yeah, two about, and a half yep, years. Yeah. Um, about that. Yeah. I. You know, I really enjoy eating there. I've uh, I've had my birthday there. I've had uh, my mom's birthday there. Um, it's just it's just you know really good service, uh, really good ambiance and decor. And the food's really good, man. Oh, I mean the food's got to be good, right? Yeah, I mean it makes my job so much easier. But the food, I mean, not even just to be biased, it's good. No, I, I completely agree. And I mean, they have their own butcher shop, right? <laughs> right, right. It's a little bit easy when you got your deli and butcher shop connected right to the steakhouse. Just makes everything. Who is is Tommy the butcher, or he's just a chef? Was he both? Well, he's our executive, so he's both, man. Because he's in the butcher shop still to this day. I mean, I seen him yesterday just slicing up steaks straight from Japan. You know, because he oversees a lot of that when we when we import our our meat from Japan. He's the one that does a lot of the butchering too. So. You know, that's kind of uh, what. Uh, drew me drew me to that place um i remember i don't know if he's still there jeremiah yeah 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 jeremiah um, butler he's our uh, bar manager he came into uh, federal when i was working at federal you know this was many moons ago and uh you know we just started it was him and his wife and we just started talking and he was like yeah he told me a little bit about bnbs and he was like yeah you know we got this this cut of meat that is only the only place in texas 
Like, I think at the time it was like four or five places in the whole country that even carried it. Yeah, I mean, it's probably bumped up a little bit now, but... Right, right. We're still doing... I mean, we just brought on, man, a bone-in 85, 16-ounce ribeye. And it's like, I think Chef Tommy was telling me there's only maybe one other place in Vegas that's that's doing like a bone-in dry... Oh, I'm sorry, it's dry age for 28 days, an A5 bone-in 16-ounce ribeye dry age for 20 days. That's... It's a crazy stakes, three hundred bucks, man, and it's worth every penny. I tell you that much. It's sick. What What is it that is it is it the texture? Is it just the flavor combination? What separates uh, when you're talking about? Because you know, there's there's expensive steaks, right? You go to uh, you know Papa's Papa's. You know, well, Papa's has like the the fancy ones too, but just you know like a fifty sixty dollar steak, and then you talk about what you're talking about three hundred and even more uh, just crazy numbers. What What is it that makes that steak so good and what separates it from even a $50, $60 steak? I mean, I think there's just a few things. For one, it's from Japan. So there's that allure that, you know, you're having something that's foreign that you can't have here. You know, the marbling. You know, that fat content that's in that steak, it renders down like at room temperature it's just super delicate stuff so it's real creamy it's real buttery it's a different uh, bite than when you would get like a black angus you kind of have to chew to your steak this stuff is just it's just smooth now to be honest with you i like a black angus or i like you know you know an american wagyu because i want a little bit of that black angus influence in my steak i think sometimes that freaking japanese is too rich but you get four ounces of it here and there. Yeah, man, that stuff's awesome. It's some good stuff. Yeah, I'm sure it goes well with a nice bottle of red, right? Heck yes. Or whiskey. <laughs> I or- prefer a little bit of whiskey. I think it goes real well with some whiskey or some bourbon, too. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit hungry. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, no, I love me a good steak, man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, your, uh, your, your restaurant definitely knows how to do it. Oh, yeah, one of the best. So let's talk about some current events. Yeah. Currently, we are in the time post-COVID. Um, post-current. Post-current COVID. Right? I mean, I haven't been paying attention as much. So I'll, <laughs> I'll go with you on the post. Just because I'm just um, not paying attention as much. Actually, you know what? It's actually still current COVID. It's not post. Yeah, it's not post. It's I don't not know. post. Yeah, no, it's current. It's <laughs> current. Um, I'll probably just edit that up. But we're just... <laughs> So we're in this current COVID situation. Um, my restaurant, you know, the Annie, was shut down for a little while. They 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 have reopened to limited capacity, but um, it, it definitely had a obviously a huge impact on all restaurants, regardless, right? Yep. Um, talk about how you feel it's different now like uh, i'm assuming it's things are a little bit slower um obviously you have the protocol the safety protocol but can you just talk about a little bit of the changes that that you're currently facing i mean when we first got on of course back may 21st day one we first came back to work everything was still on high alert you know we were wearing gloves you know every time we did a new you know, um, uh, job, whether it was like, you know, making coffee, we had to change our gloves, getting new drinks for a table or new gloves, busting a table, new gloves, you know, of course, when our mask at all times, it's kind of like eased up a little bit as if, cause we're not wearing our gloves now anymore. It's up to us if we want to wear them, 
I mean, I still wash my hands on a regular basis and I just don't, I don't touch my face, but, um, we have to wear the mask, you know, so that's the same thing. We're still sanitizing, you know, after every single guest, you know, comes to the table, the chair, the tables, the legs, um, we definitely take it up a notch for sure. And, you know, the guests have seen that for sure too. They've seen that how much we're making sure everybody's safe. I mean, obviously you're gonna you're gonna adapt, right? You're gonna whatever, you whatever have to, yeah. exactly whatever you need to do to get the job done. You're gonna do. Yep. But how is how have the people responded? How, have you seen any type of frustration or just anybody just being like, "Oh, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do that?" Have you seen any any pushback? It's a mix and match. I think some people aren't really caring as much, you know, and they're just doing what they have to do. They're putting the mask on, and then when they sit down, they can take it off and they can act normal. Um, some people are, you know, taken to the extreme where they're bringing in their own wipes or their own Lysol and stuff like that. But, you know, I have my own thoughts on that. You know, if you're, if you're that worried, <laughs> you know, I don't know about, you know, being in a conflo- you know, confinement area with a bunch right, of people right. eating and drinking. But, um, no, I think in the most part, people that want to come out to eat or they're just coming out to eat and they're not worried about it, but they're trying to be respectful of others. It's been very, very slim about people coming in, not giving a fuck, you know, people wearing their masks have been cool. That's good. That's yep. good. You know, they've been cool. I mean, especially because, you know, that privilege was, was removed from everyone for a mm-hmm. little while. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was, there was no going out to eat, um, there was a point in time where there was a lot of confusion. There was a lot of misinformation and it was just very difficult to make an accurate assessment when you're just getting fed, uh, just different types of information. So how do you feel, um, in terms of, so are there, do you guys are doing like limited seating still? Yeah, we're at 50% inside and a hundred percent on the patio. Um, so, I mean, we're, complying you know with state regulations uh, but we're ready as soon as as soon as everybody says we're open 100 percent, we're going to open 100 percent. you know we're ready to roll is it is there like uh are you um basically not allowing enough people to have reservations because you have that like yeah we're having to go on open table and just kind of completely cut it off so that we just can't allow any because people want to eat right oh yeah i mean trust me if we opened the gates it we'd be a lot busier than we are now but you know this is what we're going to keep it at for right now and then we've been busy you know for what we have staff wise compared to what we have you know everybody's you know glad to be back at work glad to be making money we all been doing good so it's been working out so far that's good man um talk about What's being uh, so? I know that as a, as a former server and really, I'm, I missed the last job I, I worked, so pretty fresh at, at being a server. Um, you know, a lot of servers definitely like to go out after work and go to bars and do that and the other. Um, with everything that's been in place, have you noticed that? I mean, it's been it's been working. Like, is everything? Would you find that the safety protocols is really? There's like really no issues with people getting sick or anything like that. There's no issues like with me. I mean, honestly, we've been having to get tested every two weeks, and since I've been there, I think we've had two positives. Those two people had to be out of work for two weeks, and they had to pass two tests within those two weeks to come back to work. And so, I mean, I felt safe throughout the whole time that I've been doing this. You know, I haven't. Like I said, 
as careful as possible. I wash my hands. I don't touch my face. You know, as soon as I get home, I'll put all, put all my clothes in the laundry and that's it. You know, just try to be safe. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good to hear that. It's, um, I mean, cause I know a lot of people that are in the industry and from what I've gathered, you know, I had a, a, a buddy that was over there at Stake 48. Mm. Um, that's another uh, very nice establishment here in Houston. And they were doing good too with the safety measures that they were, that they had in place. Um, let's talk a little bit about something that is also new for you and is also <clears throat> happening during these times. And that is having a new baby. Um, you, it's your first, your first child is correct. Yep. Yep. Baby number one. Um, so, uh, you know, you are currently going through what I'm about to go through very shortly. So it's, it's definitely very beneficial to me just to kind of, <laughs> for my, my own selfish reasons as well. But, to, but I mean, yeah, man, to, pick my brain. Go ahead. Ask me questions. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I mean, I'm just curious. I'm sure other people are, um, how, what 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 have you done? What's kind of like your mentality um, now that you have you know a, a new human in the world, but it's kind of this new, different world, right? I mean, whether you like it or not, there's these feelings that come over the top of you. Okay, the overwhelming love you have for this child, and that you're like, oh no, of course I'm gonna love my child. Yes, but it's different. As soon as that kid's born, it's just something that's gonna come over the top of your body. Two, nothing else matters. Like I used to get so mad over like the most ridiculous shit, like whether it was traffic or just stupid little shit, nothing matters, matters anymore. The only thing that matters is that kid. And it's just crazy how everything else gets so small because she's the biggest thing in your life now or in my life, I should say. So it's just how it, it's funny how your, your world doesn't seem nearly as chaotic as it was before. Before my life seemed way more like out of control. Now my life isn't nearly as out of whack as I thought it was. Everything's just so quieted. Everything's easier. You know, I'm just so focused on the task at hand, raising my child. Now, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you've been, you know, practicing um, safety and all that with, with, with Corona and the quarantining. So you, has it mostly just been ma mainly you and your wife that have had to uh, take on the task of, of the baby or have you had any other people, any other family members? No, it's just us. I mean, that was a cool thing about when it happened, when we shut down on March 17th, I'd only been back to work for four days after paternity leave because my daughter was born on February 20th. So like I took off for a little while. And then when I came back to work, I went back to work for like three days and then the whole country shut down. But it was fine because we were able to get a nice routine on the sleep and get a nice routine on everything else. So I mean, I, that worked out for you, right? Absolutely. It was perfect. Yeah. Having two adults here and doing everything tag team style was the perfect. It was a perfect scenario. You know, we decided that, you know, every night I would take the night shift at 11 p.m. all the way to like 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. I would take that shift and I would be up with the baby, feed her every couple hours. And my wife would just sleep for those straight six, seven hours. And then when she got up at 5, 6 a.m., she would relieve me and I would sleep straight till noon and she would take those. And then I'd be up with my wife and the baby from noon all the way till, you know, till night till my wife went to sleep. So it worked out perfect. So we would both get guaranteed sleep. And it was perfect. And just shut everything else off. At least I tried. I don't know. I still watched the news and got all crazy with it. <laughs> 
Yeah, man. It's uh, you, you know, you talk about the news and and the craziness that exists in this world. Mm-hmm. You know, and and now that you know that you're a father, that I'm about to be a father, it it definitely is going to make things a little bit complicated when you have to explain <laughs> different things, right? Like why things are currently the way they are, or um, yeah. I mean, I think to, for me, it's uh, like I've always said, regardless of what you'd what your position is my issue has always been why does there have to be hate behind behind anything right, right like right. like if if you know you and i are big sports guys right so i just want to use an analogy that what doesn't offend people you know you know you're a giants fan that's gonna be tough let's <laughs> try not to offend people <laughs> you're a giants fan yes sir new york giants not san francisco giants of new york the football new york giants. football giants yes, yes. Uh, nobody cares about them but <laughs> so I, i'm a niners fan uh you know nfc champs um but regard if they're if those two teams are playing each other you know there's going to be some shit talking between me and you there's not going to be. There's not going to be too much love during the game. No. So and None. that's, so that's that's fine. That's it's good. accepted. But at the end of the day, after the game is over with, or the next day, it, might, it depends on the loss, how bad or what happened. We're going to be fine. How much money we lost? <laughs> we're going to be good. We're going to fucking you know shoot the shit, and we're going to move on with our lives. But in today's world. People are just not able to disagree and go, okay, well, we don't agree on this. This is why. Okay, let's move on. People people are just like, no, if you don't agree with this, then you, you are... You you're wrong canceled. and you're against them. You need to be... Yeah, you're wrong. It's like, no. It's like, we're all different. We all come from different backgrounds. And it's it's... It's crazy, man. It's if you want to keep on the football analogy, let's just keep on the football analogy. Okay. So, so, so game day, right? We both we both don't like each other. Yeah, I mean, the the 49ers are trash. They've been trash. It's not the 80s anymore, or the 90s, whoever the hell you guys thought you guys thought you were. Anyways, after the game, we have a concept like a common goal in mind, right? We we love football. That's our common goal. We love football. We we both like love to talk about you know, who threw, you know, how many touchdowns or did you see that running back go off on that guy? Or did you see that hit that so-and-so put on that dude? There's a common goal there. So whether or not we both have a disagreement at that moment in time afterwards, like you said, there's, there's still, so we still have some commonness. we still have a common thing in, in mind and that's the love for football. So it's the love for humanity. None, neither one of us want to die. You know what I mean? So like, why can't we just agree on some other shit in between then? And and that's what I was uh, kind of hitting at earlier was was there, there shouldn't be that hate right because if there's that love for humanity, if at the end of the day, you're you know the only message you're trying to send is hey, um, I think that everyone is is equal and everyone should have the same uh, access to everything and and that's it, then then that it's fine and. I think what people end up doing is they they say, "Oh, you believe that? Then you're all, then you're then you're also like a Marxist or you're a communist or you're this or you're that." Because those people, who usually is either the far left or the far right, and that's what people like to do. They like to point 
and like the left because the far left is fucked up or they like to point to the right because the far right is fucked up the far anything is fucked up i'm sick and tired <laughs> of whatever left right republican democrat whatever you think you are i like to try to find common shit in people and here's my common thing i have right now i'm a father i'm a brand new father i try to work really hard to support my family to make sure that i have enough bread on the you know table and enough clothes on their back and a roof over their head that's my goal i know somewhere around the world i don't care what your religion is or what you believe in you also want to raise your child you don't want any harm to that child you also want to make sure that child has enough food in their stomach I don't care what your religion is. That's what your goal is. You want your child to have enough food in their stomach. You want you want their child to be big and strong just like you. I don't care what your beliefs are. There's our common goal. None of us want to have anything bad happen to our, our families or our children. We all want to have that life where we raise each other and raise our families our own way. I, I get that. Cool. Do what you want to do. The moment you infringe on my beliefs by personally coming in and harming me, then we have a problem. But I don't care what you do. I don't care at all. Yeah, no, man. I'm, I'm the exact same way. You know, I think people, um, I mean, you, you know, you kind of hit a little bit on religion. You know, you don't care about what people believe. And I, I'm the same way. People can believe whatever they want because that doesn't matter to me, right? To, to, you can matter. believe in the devil. I don't yeah, care. Yeah. It's like it's like if you had a next door neighbor, right? And you had this great relationship with your next door neighbor. Like like he there was this one time where you were making this fucking cake and you ran out of eggs. And you went to his house and he had some eggs and he's like, Here, take this whole carton of eggs. I don't need them. Yeah. And great dude. Were, Thanks, man. He's an awesome neighbor. And yeah. then okay, so ten years go by, you find out that he was a Satanist. Yeah. Look, if he was an awesome neighbor, do I care that he worships the devil? I don't. I'm grateful that Satanists had eggs for my for my yes. batter I needed because I had waffles that morning. Yes. They were delicious. And I say that I say that to be extreme. I say that because people are so different. Like, no, it's fine he's a Satanist, but until like he does something stupid, like burns an upside down cross and like sets my yard on fire because he decides to have like some <laughs> Satanist shit going on in his backyard, you know, taking out some animal's life, then I got a problem with it. But right, other than right. that, I don't give a fuck what you right. do. Right? No, I'm not. I'm not. He didn't. He didn't do that. Remember, he was your neighbor That's for ten for ten years, and he offered me and eggs, he, and he's moving. And you're like, you're kind of sad to see him go because yeah. for the 10 years, I mean, you played basketball together. Yeah. He'd come over, you shoot a couple of hoops. He was in your fantasy football yeah. league. This whole time, you didn't even know he was a Satanist. You didn't even know. I got a buddy right now. I'm not going <laughs> to name his name whatsoever. I just happened to find out that he's Jehovah's Witness and I had no clue. And I've known him for two years now. And to be dead honest with you, I've had so many conversations and different little incidents with this man that I had no clue that he was Jehovah's Witness. And I'm not saying anything bad as Jehovah's Witness. I just understand they don't celebrate jack shit. <laughs> it seemed like this man, I celebrate a little bit more than jack shit. You just don't know who believes in what these days. You know what I mean? And it doesn't matter what they fucking believe in. No, it, that's that's the whole thing, man. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, you know, I find it that that's what always gets me. It's like why, why is it that because whatever you believe in terms of like political stuff, it it changes who you are as a human being. Oh, it automatically makes you something. So, like, if I'm a conservative, I'm a racist. If I'm a Trump supporter, I'm racist, which I'm not. Trust me, I'm not a Trump right. supporter. I was at one moment in time. I'm not a Trump supporter right now. That guy's a jackass. And don't put me on Biden's side either, okay? I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do right now, all right? I'm that guy in between that's saying, I don't know what to do. 
yeah man uh it's it's definitely right now it's i'm 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 like you man uh i'm it's it's when you look at both sides there's so many flaws right and absolutely and it's funny because one of the things i was i'm I'm reading this book and and it, it talks a lot about like uh third parties what's the history of the united states but you you kind of see when there's third parties and even as recently as like perot when perot uh you know a lot of people can say perot kind of fucked it up for bush and allowed clinton to get in because he took so many of bush's votes but you know nobody wants that third party because those two sides are like nah man like we're having enough issues as it is just us two there's no room for a third party it's a throwaway vote Right, right. But unfortunately, I feel like there was a big push for the third party before. And more recently, there's there's not. Now there's like this, like this blind push. Like everyone, anyone who's pushing either side, you can ask them about all the bad shit. And their response will always be, yeah, but it's not this or it's not that. They'll never defend it. They'll, they'll just say, but yeah, but it's not this or it's not that. Like your defense for doing something fucked up is not saying it's not this or not that. Right, you can't compare something to that because obviously it's not that. That's not how you're going to get your point across. Yeah, man. Uh, it's it's definitely a new a new world that we're currently li- living in with all this, uh, especially you throw COVID on top of it. It, it it makes things even even uh, even more complicated. I'm not huge on politics, man. It's just, it's just such a circus. The shit that they allow that goes on right now is ridiculous. You know, don't get me on like the Portland mayor, anybody in the fucking Northeast. Don't get me up on those motherfuckers right now, allowing the type of like vandalism they allow to their city. It's unreal. No, man. When when you see stuff like that, it really makes you kind of question. You know what? I'm glad I'm a Texan. Oh, well, there's been this, uh, like this exodus of people from California, from New York, coming to Texas. Right. Right. Because um, they're overall the crazy BS that's allowed in their like city and state. They're over it. Yeah, no. I mean, one of the things that people, <laughs> I've heard people say, and I, I got to be honest, I, I'm a believer of that is when you saw the stuff that was going on, um, I've always been pretty kind of anti-gun, you know, but when I saw what I was watching on t- on the news and how certain cities and especially when you had the George Floyd murder happen and that guy's from Houston, to me, I was like, well, I don't know. Shit could pop off. It's been popping off in other places. I'm definitely seeing a lot of hostility. It's It's reminding me of like what could be a civil war. So then I was like, hmm. Maybe I should get strapped because I'd rather be safe than safe. I have one. Absolutely. I, I'm i not going to be that guy that, that's not prepared when shit hits the fan. Absolutely not. There's there's too much police going on right now that don't even want to show up to calls. They're too afraid to try to handle police situations that you know they're going to get reprimanded or fired. And who wants to be a police officer right now because of all this? It's rough. It, you know, it's real rough. Um, I had a little disagreement with, with a, a buddy of mine, and he, you know, he was saying you know, that the police is not, uh, is, is kind of, their job isn't as stressful and as difficult and demanding as 
as it as it, as they say it is. And I'm like, look, man, like no one's gonna sit here and say that every single police officer has is getting shot at every day or like no one's saying that. But if you take the police officer job as a whole from, you know, everybody around the country, there's fucked up shit happening every day. Like it's just it's just a matter of when is it gonna be your your luck of the draw. You know, I well, mean, they serve the community. They're not just showing up for like gun violence and rapes and robberies. No, they're they're servicing the community by showing up to rental disagreements. Freaking someone stole a candy bar from a gas station. Like there's all kinds of ridiculous stuff that they do show for. They they call it so they they're they're showing for a lot of domestic stuff too. They're helping people. They're mediating. They're mediating between a lot of situations, and those situations escalate. And you got to have a certain person that has the confidence they, they have, they, they lack the, um, I'm losing my freaking concentration over here. They have the, um, I don't know. They, they need, you need that kind of person that can handle the outrage that someone comes over top of them. You know what I mean? They're the patience is what I'm looking for. They need to have unreal patience to deal with the humankind right now. You know, they need to have patience. Yeah, man. I, I think, uh, it's not about what what happens. It's about pre- preparing for what could happen. We need a lot of... We need more funding. They're talking about defunding police. We need more training. We need to figure out who are these bad cops. Get their asses out of there. Okay? I don't care if it's all up to the chief of police that's allowing all these bad cops to continue to have their jobs. Fire his ass, too. Get some young, brand-new chief that wants to be in there, that wants to do good in these communities. You have unreal training i mean you can do psych evaluations every 60 days i don't care yeah no i i actually i completely agree and a purple belt on every police officer yes yes a jiu-jitsu purple belt on every police officer that actually knows that a minimum that knows actually how to hold people down without like losing their capability of handling it what you're talking about is is what i think should happen is that you should have basically they're like they're like Navy SEALs. They're like these 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 highly trained uh, individuals who have, like you said, they've been evaluated. Uh, but they need sec- to be even be better than Navy SEALs too, because Navy uh, SEALs don't. Those are deal- pretty tough, though. Yeah, but check this out. Navy SEALs don't deal with the the civilian interaction that police officers. Do. So they also need to be like as heightened <laughs> as like physically trained as a Navy SEAL. On top of that, they need to be a freaking you know a psychiatrist. Being a police officer is one of the hardest jobs in the world. I think you should have like uh, like uh, partners. Oh, of course. You should have one that's more focused on handling with pe- focus his his training or their training him or her um, on more of the people skills. Because uh, you're right. I mean, it's a lot of uh, social skills, people skills, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, man. Um, trying to you know. I think it's number one over physicality. You know. For the most part, yes. Yeah. Um, it's just it's that, like a 70 30 balance. But the physicality, when that gets out of hand, your life is in danger, right? Yeah, and you need to have more cops that can handle themselves. There's too many videos out there where cops all of a sudden lose the upper hand and you have a criminal over there freaking wrestling for their gun or their taser or their pepper spray. It's like they got to have better training. Like it's unreal how many people were just handing guns over to. No, I completely agree. I, people talking about defunding the police or you know taking away their money i'm like look i I don't i don't know 
I know I know they uh, the government gives gives them a lot of money. I don't know where it's going, but what I do know is that police officers are not trained to the level that they need to be trained. Nope. Um, whether that's physically, just in terms of the, you know, and let's just be honest. There's a lot of fat cops. I mean, it's just without blasting you, uh, fat cops. But you, I see you. I see you. And if, and I mean, what do you, if you're going to sit here and tell me that you're going to run somebody down if that situation occurred? Well, I've got a friend who, who's ex-military, who's a police officer right now. And he's told me that he wouldn't have at least 80% of his fellow officers have his back in a crazy situation. He just wouldn't either because they wouldn't be able to physically perform or they're just not mentally able to handle a stressful situation. He's done several tours overseas. So, I mean, we need more people like that. We need ex-veterans that are willing, willing to be police officers instead of just throwing some of our vets away, you know, and saying, well, go back into the wild now. Yeah, no, it's it's a tough. Gig, How about job man. security? As soon as you as soon as you retire, you have job security. We need we need more security for schools. We need more police officers. We need we need more security for these vets that can just like not you know get let, let out into the world without a job. That's I think that's a huge thing too. Oh yeah, man. The, the their vet, skills are so valuable to us. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, when you're willing to put your life on the line for your country, I mean, they should be taken care of you know that's a that's a pretty big sacrifice to make absolutely um so yeah that's a whole a whole discussion in itself man on how they get mistreated and um i mean i'm I'm not gonna go too much into that because i'm not an expert on all the details but um they just don't do much when you retire that's it they you retire they don't give you the the skills to deal with regular civilian life like afterwards they're just like there you go they're like uh they're putting the fish into the ocean right yeah Setting them free yeah and it's and it's different some of these guys have had hard combat you know situations where they're still on high alert and you know, i mean they can't just kind of go into civilian life and act normal you know, they're always sizing up situations when they're sitting down, sitting somewhere, you know, looking for exits, you know, who's a threat, who's not a threat. That's not real. You're in a Dairy Queen, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> but this, this shit happens though. And they don't prepare you for that. So it's just nice to look, maybe look, get them into a certain job that helps them kind of like acclimate into real civilian life. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, so let me ask you this, Richard. Where do you see yourself heading? Um, I know with with the baby recently married, um, I'm sure that's you know completely changed the way you saw things. You know, five oh, the whole world. Yeah, the whole world's different, man. It's crazy. The whole world's completely different. Than it was five years ago. Where Where do you see yourself headed? What are some of the plans you have uh, in the works, or just things you just thought about? Well, for one, just being a good husband, being a good father. I'm looking forward to having another child. Um, we're not expecting. Uh, <laughs> we're just wanting to have another child for sure. Um, uh, staying in shape, man. Um, I signed up for my first full marathon in January. Um, I've done several half marathons, but this is my first full. So just staying in shape and, and being a good husband and father, working hard. How many miles is uh, full? It's 26.2. Don't forget that point two, man. That shit sucks. Well, it's going to suck. And you've never done one before? No, not a full. 
26.2 miles. Um, that's a lot. I know, right? <laughs> um, are Sounds you, scary. Are you, so when when are you doing that? It's in January, so I have time. Okay. I have time to train. You, I think you. when I got here, you were telling me you did how many, seven miles today? Yesterday, I pumped out Yesterday. seven miles, yeah. Felt good, though. The weather's been real nice. Okay, okay. Um, what's what's your, do you have, like, goals on, like, what you want to be able to do? Are you going to try to do the whole 26 before marathon time? No, no, no. The max I'm going to do, I have, like, a little training plan that I found online. It's a little screenshot on board. Uh, it's, like, 20 miles. I think week, it's, like, a 20-week plan. I think, like, week 16 at the 20 week plan, it tells you to do like a 20 mile run. So it gets up to 20 miles, but then you do a bunch of like 12s and 11s and 10s, but it pumped up to 20 before you do the 26. I know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, uh, but I can eat whatever the fuck I want right now. It's great. Yeah, because you're just burning like crazy. <laughs> it's awesome. I ate so much ice cream last night. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've actually, uh, I've been thinking about running again and uh, just because it's a good way just to burn weight, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I like I like working out too, but when you run, I mean, you're just burning. Yeah. I mean, I, I implement two days a week. I do uh, CrossFit, so I do different little weight training things. Um, I would just bought a new little band set up, so I'll do some resistance training with those. It'll be cool. Uh, but that's just twice a week, like the three, four days a week. Besides that, you're just strictly running. Whether it's like more sprints or if it's more like steady runs, it's just strictly running though. How's your uh, How's your diet? Have you made any changes to that? I mean, I do eat good, but I mean, I stray. Like, I definitely stray at night. But I mean, I eat good. My wife cooks like the most unbelievable meals. She cooked this penne pasta with some uh, pesto in it, turkey meatballs, which sounds kind of crazy, but it was really good. Uh, but then she'll do like a bison, uh, a ground bison with black beans and corn and cilantro and jalapeno and onion, like a whole kind of like a hash. Pff, I can live off that shit, bro. It's real healthy for you. By, uh, do you get it from, from your job? H-E-B. H-E-B, okay. Yeah, 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 I'll just get like some of their ground bison they have there and she'll, she'll do like mm. a whole medley of that shit. And I'll just eat it just like that, man. It's good. I have. I don't think I can recall having some ground bison. It's good, man. It's good. It's good for you. I'm looking to get some elk, and I'm actually. If anybody knows anybody out there, man, I know one person though. I'm trying to. I'm gonna hit her up. I'm trying to get. A, I'm trying to get an elk or deer. I'm trying to get on some land out here in Texas. I'll pay you. I'm gonna shoot some animals out here. I swear. Um, I I might have you on that. Oh uh, man, that'd be great. I, I got a buddy who, uh, who his his buddy has a piece of big piece of land and. Uh, I've been looking into it. I'm going to get a freezer. I'm ready to stock something and shoot an animal, man. I'm ready. Yeah, he went last year, got himself one, big one. And uh, he's also a butcher. Man, after this. So he butched it up too. It just After this, man, I'm, give me his card, give me his number. He can throw me a price, whatever he's got, and we'll figure it out because I'm ready to get that going. I, mi I miss some elk or some deer. It's good. Are you going to butcher it yourself? No, but if, he, <laughs> but if he knows someone, I mean, I can gut it and skin it. I can do that, but I can't butcher and cut out like steaks or do all the ground meat or anything. If he can do that, I'm that'd sure, be dope. Yeah, I'm sure you can work out a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I, I, I want to go too. Like, I got the I'm, greens if he's, if he's got the skill, <laughs> like, but I want to shoot the animal for sure. Of course. Of course. Um, yeah. I mean, the, like I was saying earlier with, with the whole, you know, wanting to get a gun for safety, you know, another thought that crossed my mind was, 
was like hunting and survival. And like my girl's mom, they have like this very fancy garden. So, you know, spinach and watermelon, tomatoes, jalapenos, um, a lot of herbs and spices also. But um, I was thinking about meat. Like you got to have the greens, but you also got to have the meat. Oh, yeah. And stocked. I mean, I want to get a little garden going too. We used to have that back in the day, but man, you got a freezer with a couple hundred pounds of meat because you got an elk or a deer or something like that. Like, and you got, you know, loins or rump roast or steaks or ground meat. Hell yes. You just pick one out. It's the best. And it's yours. You know where it came from. Exactly. It's, it's the convenience of it, right? Like literally you, you, you would be home one day and you just go, Hey, what should I have for dinner? You know what? Right. How about it's- a nice backstrap? absolutely <laughs> and it's like it's not the click of a button i understand where you just click right, the button right. and like it just shows up at your door yes there's more work in it assholes you got to go find <laughs> the thing you gotta you know make sure it's the right one you got to shoot it humanely and then you got to go on there and you got to skin it and yeah it takes time and work and energy you lazy fucks yeah and it's i mean it's rewarding i haven't done it i don't know if you've ever if you've ever done it yeah i've been hunting a few times i grew up hunting with my dad oh wow and we used dogs before or just regular you know scout where you sit up on a ridge and just kind of see where the game trails go and um i never did a tree stand that one kind of seems a little weird to me we just sit up on a stand never done that before we've done a lot of scouting where you just kind of figure out what route the animals go you know you got check out the freaking winds so you're not up or uh, downwind from the animal and all that um but uh use dogs which people don't like as well but you kind of have to when you use dogs on a on a bear or a mountain lion we've got mountain lion raccoon yeah we've been hunting a lot back in the day but it's been a long time i'm ready you said mountain lion you went hunting for mountain lion yeah how, how does that taste it's good man I, I i never ate it besides jerky but it's good okay yeah i'm curious son I, I, I want to eat a lot of different types of exotic animals, like like bear. You ever had? Yeah, a bear. I had bear steak. I had bear how was, jerky. How was that? Bear, Real good. Bear steak? Like for like, because it's, it's kind of greasy, especially for like the jerky. It's got like a, a good fat content on it. I think I love it. Yeah, I've never, I've never done bear. Um, I've eaten damn near everything, man. Yeah, I think it's important. I think, I mean, I know you got people out there that are going to say, oh, you should be vegan or you should be this, that. We are designed to eat meat. Um, That's how we evolved. Yeah, man. I got thumbs and a brain. (laughs) You know, and I know things taste better. I know my body functions better when it's got some, like, you know, meat in it compared when I just go on a strictly, I've gone on a strictly vegetable and fruit diet. And then I've implemented back red meat in my diet and I, I, I function better. So, you know, I'm interested to see on this, uh, this lab meat, supposedly they, they're going to make this lab meat that tastes and Hello. yeah, we're back. Yeah, we're back. Technical difficulties, folks. Um, I don't know what happened, but, uh, sound was lost, but now it's been found. Um, what are we talking about? We're talking about some laboratory meat that I'm not down with. Oh yeah, just it, that sounds like some synthetic weed to me, or some of that like bath salts that those kids were getting all crazy on eating each other. You know yeah. why? You, why are you making stuff synthetically when you got like the real deal out there? No, I, I agree. I mean, like I, a flashlight. <laughs> 
You got that like the real deal on the left, but you're gonna choose the fresh flashlight. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Um, I think that if it tastes good and see, I, I, me for real. Here's the thing. Um, I'm not. A, I mean, I don't care about texture. I don't care about because uh, you know some people are always oh, slimy. I'm not gonna eat it. To me, if it's delicious, I'm gonna eat it. So if it's if it's some lab made steak and it's delicious. I'm going to eat it. Yeah, but like a Big Mac is delicious, but I can't eat a Big Mac on a regular basis, bro. That shit will kill me. No, no, no. We're not talking. But I mean, what I'm talking about. What are you talking about delicious? No, no, no. What I'm saying is if this fake. If that fake stuff. If the lab meat steak and it's not bad for you, it's just like a normal steak. And we're talking about hypotheticals here, you know. Well, here's the other thing I have with that. They don't know the long term effects of this shit. No, I mean, I'm definitely not going to be the first one in line. I know the long-term um, effects of eating elk that I've seen up on a ridge that I shot. No, um, elk meat is definitely really good for you. Oh, man, I can't wait to get some of that. Or deer. Yeah, well, so when, do you know when it's the season? It's coming up, right? Texas is year-round, baby, if you got the ranch. That's the cool thing. 98% of this state is civilian-owned. There's no other state in the U.S. There's 2% of this land is government-owned. Every other state in the U.S. has the government has way more land. Try to get a state park in this bitch. Ain't happening. No, we have state parks. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> because the state's so big, 98% is, like, civilian-owned. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I want to... Uh, I, I definitely want to get a couple acres, you know. Um, the house I just got is, like, just, like, the starter house, but... Definitely sell it in like 10 years, you know, try and make a little profit and then just buy a couple that's acres. That's the goal, like a little flip. Yeah, that's the goal. Get a couple acres out in uh, kind of the outskirts of Houston. Yeah, I'm trying to move out to the burbs. There's more bang for your buck out there, man. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, if you just took like quarter million dollars, a quarter million dollars in like, in like Montrose buys you this small little old house a quarter million dollars in Pearland buys you right. a ginormous house that's like newer built newer built big backyard big front yard that's actually what we're thinking about is Pearland just because of location it'll help out with my job we thought about the other burbs and Pearland location wise and bang for your buck is is pretty decent spot yeah, I think you'll be good to go next year. I think next year is probably your best bet when it comes to the housing because I think the houses are going to... A lot of people are going to lose their homes next year. Um, and I think that's when they're saying will be the best time to buy. Um, right now, it's okay, but... Which sounds kind of fucked up, but whatever. I'll what, take it. What's that? It sounds kind of fucked up, but whatever. I'll take it, man. I'm selfish when it comes to my family. If you tell me next year because someone failed on their mortgage, I'm, I'll scoop it up. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, uh, unfortunately, the way the, the shit has gone down this year, you know, it's really, it's really hurt a lot of people. Oh, yeah. A lot of people still aren't working. Bars are shut down. People aren't working. People don't have the same amount of money. And the thing is, it's like you had a lot of people that, you know, one of the things you should never do, and we all kind of are guilty of doing it, is when you plan on 
making a certain amount of money for like that year. What, so, they, they, they thought they were going to get the unemployment forever? Well, not even that. Just even before COVID hit, like people that were working that were like, okay, I'm making, you know, oh. X amount of work. Right, 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 right. And then all of a sudden, yeah, unemployment might have helped them for a little bit, depending, you know, and then all Too many sudden, people hung on to that, man. Yeah. Um, Go back to work. If yeah, you, if, if you can. If you yeah, can. I was going to say, if you can. Yeah. If you can. There's a lot of people that did have the opportunity, though, and they decided to go ahead and just stay home. Yeah, I mean, they they it, they made them a tough offer. <laughs> I mean, they made, they're like, wait, do you want more money than what you were doing if you were working? I mean, in, in my opinion, or you want that long term security? If if you couldn't work, then unless you have a condition where you're jeopardizing your health, then you should have, you should, either you work or you, they take away your unemployment because unemployment is for people that, A, their job is, you know, you don't have a job and you're, you're looking for a job or B, you, you, something's, you know, you're, something's wrong. Like right. you can't physically work. Right. But other than that, you, you know, you got to do your, you got to do your part. I went back to work because I had to tell you the truth. I didn't really want to, but I was like, mm, I think I need to go back to work right now. I think I need to take this, you know, offer back because they offered me back the job. I need to take this offer because I might not get it if I wait. So no, I kept it. How how have people uh, been responding to 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 y'all? Like, are they like more? Are they kind of grateful? Like, hey, you guys, we appreciate it. Oh, or? for sure, for sure. That's the overwhelming, I think, feeling from the guests. That they're you know they're they're excited. They're stoked that we're back. It's good, man. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it, it's good. So, h- how long were you out of work for? It was like three, no, two months. Yeah, two months. March to May. Yeah, March seventeenth to May twenty, May twenty first. Yeah, two months. Two months of like a little, kind of a mini vacay, but not really because you just had a baby. It was fine with me, bro. <laughs> to be honest with you, because I paid some bills off, took some vacation. It was fine with me. I had no problem with it. Let's chill. And now you're back at it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ready to roll. Do you think that it's going to be uh, back to, like, where it was soon? Like, how how long would you say until... Or, I mean, have they told you anything? Or what's the projection of when they... No, nah, they haven't said nothing. I don't even know. That's but that's probably more of a, government, a governor yeah. thing, right? The city's going to I'm come. fine with it. The mask sucks, but it's going to be around for a while. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, uh, maybe there's a little leniency when the holidays come because I think the holidays are going to be good this year, huh? Talking about canceling Halloween in LA. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, but you tell me the one day a year where kids actually like wear a mask. Yeah, but LA is doing shit a little bit crazy. Yeah, right? they are crazy. That's why people are leaving. Yeah. Dip. That's not happening here in Texas. Nah. There will be Halloween. You get like 150,000 people homeless in California. That's you, crazy. You have, I think they're doing uh, football games here. What? Who is? The Texans. Mm. And I even like high school. So, yeah, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> nope. Texas is different. Texas is different. Yeah. I, I, I do love that. It's like, I hate I hate it in some ways, but... For the most part, I'm like, well, 
you gotta take the good with the bad you know like oh, yeah. if you want to be like this this if you enjoy the fact that you can just do whatever the fuck and, i got 11 hate with houston yeah <laughs> i got 11 hate but i'd say there's more love than hate yeah i agree i agree, <laughs> I agree. well richard i actually have to get ready to go to work word word um it was good having you on buddy yeah man that this is cool this is cool man all right folks thanks for listening y'all have a good one peace